we are in the book of James for the short, uh, for short eight weeks in summertime, and we're in our third sermon in James. So go ahead and flip to the book of James, chapter one. And uh, this night, we're, we're covering kind of two sections of James. We're covering chapter one, verses five to eight, and then also chapter three, verses 13 to 18. And the whole theme is wisdom. Uh, James talks about wisdom in these two sections. So we're essentially going to ask the question like, God, James, uh, Holy Spirit, what is your will for my life? And James has 14 answers for us uh, as he gives us wisdom. Uh, There's actually going to be 14 points tonight. So if you take notes, just have your hand ready to go because it's going to be point after point. Um, So I'm going to read James 1, 5 to 8, and then James 3, 13 to 18 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, maybe just a few of us, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And then flip over to chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's God's word. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you, you speak God, you communicate to us in a knowable, true way. You are not silent, God. You speak to us and you meet with us. As we gather around you, Lord, I just am so thankful for your presence. I'm so thankful that there are people who would want to spend their night just seeking your face and sitting at your feet and worshiping you and opening up your word, God. And so, Would you just come and meet with us, God? Would you now, Holy Spirit, take your word and would you you speak loudly to our hearts and our minds and our lives? God, we need your wisdom right now. We just, together, we ask for your wisdom, Lord. Would you speak to us? Make us open right now to hear from the living God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so what is God's will for my life is like, the question, right? Especially at our age group, like this is when we're processing like, you know, from what do I major in to what job do I want to like, why do I have to work at this job? Because I feel called to this job. Like we're just processing those questions. Questions like, man, who should I date or marry? Uh, What job should I pursue? What like just even like big picture area, like vocation direction should I pursue? Uh, We're asking questions like, when do I leave a tough situation? Um, or relationship, or job, or city, or when do I like stick it out? Like, how do I know? Is this like a James 1 trial where I'm just supposed to stay put? Or how do I know if like God's saying, hey, move on? Like these questions about God's will for our life are very real. And here's what I love. God actually has something to say about those questions. Now, listen, this is so foundation. This is the foundation before we get into God's wisdom. God actually, maybe this is cliche for you. Maybe it was so cliche, someone has told you it's not true. God actually has a plan for your life. He literally does. A actual detailed plan. Like, yep, that's their life, start to finish. That's my plan for them. Um, It's sad people say that's not true. You guys, that is true. I'm gonna read you three verses. Just 
be encouraged. The first one's the classic one that probably many of us learned when we were young. Um, God says to you, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Psalm 139, verse 16. I, this one's awesome. Trip out on this verse. Uh, David is saying to God when he was being knit in his mother's womb, your eyes, God, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Okay, every one of your days are written in some book in heaven that God has of your life every day. Not, he like didn't forget about tomorrow. Every day of your life is already written in a book. That's awesome. For me, that is so encouraging. God cares and knows about my life. And then one more, Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. says, we are God's handiwork. Another translation says masterpiece. Like you, if you're a son or daughter of God, are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Listen, which God prepared in advance for us to do, for us to walk in. So there is an actual plan for your life. There is a, there's a actual number of days you have left. Isn't that crazy to think about? There's actual number of days you have left. God knows every day of your life. Now, that is true. Here's what's hard though. God doesn't like just deliver that in a nice like PDF file and like you get to look today. Okay, what's my God's will for my life today? Sweet. Okay, don't do that. Do that. Watch out for that temptation. Okay, here we go. Like, it'd be nice if he does that. He doesn't do that. He has a real plan for you and he doesn't tell you like, here's my long-term plan. Here's my five-year plan. Here's your daily plan. Instead, God says, I have given you a couple of tools to navigate and discern what is my plan for your life. Um, we don't, here's, an, here's one extreme. We don't just like sit and pray and fast and wait for God's will for our life. That's an extreme, like I'm just not gonna move until God tells me what job to pursue and who I'm gonna marry and this or that. He knows those things, but we're not called to just sit there and wait for him to tell us. And then here's the other extreme. Hey, man, God's got to figure it out, so I'm just going to like do my thing and he'll just, he'll, you know, kind of course correct. There are a couple of tools. Number one, he has uh, given us his word. He's like, and in his word is this thing, the specific word we're talking about today called wisdom. God has given us wisdom from his word. So he's like, I'm not going to tell you what you're supposed to do tomorrow, but I'm going to give you some wisdom so that you become the kind of person who knows how to make wise decisions. Another thing he's given us is his spirit, who leads us supernaturally, like convicts us, like just that weird, can't describe it, like I'm not supposed to do that, I'm supposed to do that. And then he's given us the church, like one another, like older people who have gray hair who are wiser than you, we should take advantage of people who are older and wiser than us and ask them for wisdom. So, God says, I have wisdom for you to re- help you discern what is my plan for your life. And so um, we're going to look at specifically wisdom in the book of James. There's 14 things God says about his wisdom, how we can discern his will, his plan for our life. And the first one is this. Uh, and also, I want you to see it. So James chapter 1, flip back to James chapter 1, verse 5. The first point is this. God's wisdom is supernatural, okay? God's wisdom is supernatural. If any of you lacks wisdom, what does it say? Let him ask God. Okay, honestly, that's maybe frustrating. You're like, wait, so I just ask God, God, what job am I supposed to have? And then like, you just sit there and you're like, wait, that, the Bible actually says you are to bring to God questions about your daily life. The first step in seeking wisdom is to just like go ask God. Not, and listen, the first step is ask God. Not go read a book. Not even go ask other people. The Bible says, I want you to go and ask God. Um, the Bible talks a lot about this idea of asking God for wisdom, going to God for wisdom. In Proverbs, it says, the fear of God, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the first place you need to go for wisdom is to God. That's, that's the big idea. So what's the opposite? Here, don't go looking around you 
for wisdom. Don't go look at the world or even your friends for wisdom. We go to God. Typically, this is how we do it. Uh, what should I do? What job should I have? Who should I date? Well, they're pursuing those jobs and they're pursuing those jobs and they're pursuing those jobs. I feel like I should pursue those jobs. Or they're dating those types of people. They're dating those types of people. I feel like I should date those types of people. That just, it like feels normal. Like you look around, you're like, okay, that's, that's, these are the decisions I'm supposed to make. God's like, don't do that. Come to me, seek me, ask me for wisdom. The Bible has this uh, unflattering picture of who we often are. It's sheep, we're sheep. You are sheep. Uh, sheep aren't super intelligent. Um, and do you know what else sheep do? They lead each other astray. There's usually like the leader sheep who's like, oh yeah, guys, this is where we're going. And he goes and they're like, okay, I guess this is just where we're going now. And sheep will just lead each other around. If we just look around at like what people are doing for like, what job should I have? Who should I date? What am I gonna do with my life? Like we're just sheep looking to other sheep. Do you know what we need is a shepherd who says, hey, I have a better idea for what you should do with your life. Go to me, come to me. And now the last point on that is, there will be times when you're following and seeking God's wisdom and he's like, okay, we're going over here. And it's just like this big dark valley. Have you seen Finding Nemo? You know, like the, the, the valley that they go through. God's like, okay, we're going this way. And all the other fish are like, oh, like just it's sunny and happy over here. And you're like, this doesn't seem like this is the right call for, for what I should do with my life. But listen, trust your shepherd. Don't go trusting what everyone else says. It feels good and looks right and looks normal. Like, trust your shepherd. God actually, this is, this is important. God will actually supernaturally lead you in your life. Um, quick testimony on this point. Uh, when I was a senior in college, I was just engaged to my wife at the time. And we had like a whole life plan. I'm, I'm like, I like having my act together. So when my parents and family and people are like, oh, what are you going to do when you graduate? Where are you going to work? So I was like planning on going to grad school. Um, we were planning on moving back home to our south, Rancho Cucamonga. Um, and that was like my plan. Okay, we're going to get married. I'm going to go to grad school. It's going to be good. And we were at church on a, it was like September of our senior year. We're worshiping God. And it was one of those times where like, it's extra good. You know what I mean? Like the spirit just falls and you're just like, oh my gosh. And as I was worshiping, I felt the Holy Spirit just essentially say, it was an impression, like, that's not my plan for you. Going home, grad school, that's not my plan for you. And, and you're like worshiping God and it's, you're like so close to God and it feels awesome. But then you're like, that was really clear, but I don't like that. Like, what is that? And so I just kind of like let it sit, finished church. I told Ariana, I was like, hey, I feel like we need to talk. And she was like, yeah, God like, was kind of speaking to me. I feel like we should talk. And I was like, oh, okay. So we go, I remember we go to East Beach. It was Sunday afternoon. And I was like, why don't you go first? And she essentially was like, when we're worshiping, I felt the Lord say, like, that's just, that's just like not his plan for us. And I was losing my mind. I was like, are you serious? He said the same thing. And we were, we were like, on the one hand, you're like, that's so awesome. Like God spoke to us. On the other hand, you're like, what does that mean though? Like, don't go to grad school, don't move home. And that was all he said. And listen, he didn't say, don't worry, here's the next five plans. Trust me, it's gonna be fine. He didn't even say, here's what I want you to do. All God did in that moment of worship, supernatural, weird, like creepy leading was, that's not my plan for you. That's all he said. That is not my plan for you. So we didn't really know what to do with that. Um, to be honest, that that just set off like years and years and years of some really difficult and important years of my life. Um, but that is a moment where we can look back and we're like, God spoke to us. God spoke and redirected our life. We see this happen to Paul when he's a missionary. He's like, man, I want to go to this one city. That would be awesome if I can go there. And in the middle of the night, he has his dream. And essentially God's like, nope, you're not going there. You're going here. So that supernatural leading is awesome and radical, but listen, we can't like control it. It's not just a button we get to push like, God, okay, you know, I need some direction. So tonight uh, the dream would be nice. Just give me the dream. Thank you. We, we are to make wise decisions, but there are times when God will supernaturally lead us and like course correct us. So we need to be ready and asking for those moments. It just says, ask God, be ready, but that's not how he always leads, but that is how he sometimes leads. So the first point, God's wisdom is supernatural. Second point, 
from, the first, from verse 5 as well. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who generously gives to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So it's the point. God's wisdom is available. Listen, that's really good news, you guys, that God's wisdom is available. God is generous. He's not like holding out on us. He's not like, hey, here's your will, my will for you, and I'm written on a piece of paper, and I'm just going to dangle it like just out of your reach, and just good luck. Like, he's not that way. He, he loves to provide for and lead his sheep. He loves leading you. He loves giving you wisdom. Um, if you're not a Christian, listen, there's a God in heaven who wants to like lead you. Like that's awesome. Like th- there's actually someone in the universe who is really smart, who's like, hey, I want to generously lead you. It's available. And more often than not, people don't lack wisdom because God is stingy. We lack wisdom because we just don't ask for it. Like that's actually the case. Uh, later in James, he says, you do not have because you do not ask. Like there is far more available to us than we, than we receive because we're just not asking. Like when was the actual last time in prayer you were like, God, would you please lead me in this decision? Like when was the last time, honestly, that you like asked God for his leading and for his wisdom? He says, it's available. I want to lead you. I, I think we do imagine God's like stingy, like I have a plan, but I'm not telling you. When really he's like, I want to generously lead you. And he does that. His wisdom, again, is available through his word, through his people, and through his spirit. And so I would just say, keep asking and be expectant. God's really generous, and he does actually want to lead me. Third point is this. God's wisdom is gained through faith, not through doubt. Remember, he says in verse 6, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the world or by the wind. Uh, we live in an age, it's weird, that like romanticizes doubt. I don't know why we do that. I think maybe because everyone knows that everyone doubts. So it's kind of like become more popular. Like, hey, it's just kind of, that's just what it is. It's normal. We all doubt. Nobody can really know anything. We live in this age where like, you can't really know what you know and how can you really know? But, but God says, hey, I am clear. Do not doubt. Have faith that I want to speak to you and will speak to you and can speak to you. Um, God has spoken in a way that is knowable. Like just let your soul rest on that. God has spoken and does give wisdom in a way that is knowable. Like that's really good news. If you feel like you're just floating along, like in the sea, like how do I know what's true? How do I know where to go? Like, listen, have faith that God wants to speak to you, that you can know truth and you can know God's wisdom. Um, you know, it's, this is something I've experienced and come to know. The more, I, the more I know that God has spoken to me or the more that I know, like, no, his word says to do this in this situation, the more I'm okay when life gets crazy and then the less, the, like the further I am from God, when life gets crazy, like I, I'm a wreck, okay? So here's like how it practically happens. So God, there, I'll use my story as an example. There, uh, were, there was a season in my life where through, it was like a year, it wasn't like a postcard. It was like many little decisions, many little leadings from God where I knew I was supposed to just be working at a coffee shop. And it was frustrating and it was difficult. And Everyone was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have a degree. Everybody like, I'm working for is younger than me. My boss is younger than me. Nobody has a degree. I'm better than this. My potential is better than this. But here's the thing. God was made, just made it really clear throughout like, the year that that's where I was supposed to be. Um, and so I knew it was right because I was just growing. Uh, we, I was married. I was just growing as a man, as a husband. I was learning to provide. I was learning to work hard. It, it was flexible enough that I could like, make my schedule so I could... I knew I was called to like serve at church in youth ministry and it, it just allowed for that. So I was like, this is just the right thing. Um, I was in an internship at the time where I couldn't work on Thursdays. So it was like, hey, go find a job. But by the way, I can't work on Thursdays and I can't work on Sundays and I can't work on Wednesday nights. It was just clear over a long period of time that that's where I was supposed to be. But now here's what happened almost every day. I hated it. 
And I was like, why am, it was like, just, I restarted every day. Why am I here? Why am I staying in this place? And people are like, what are you doing? And why are you here? But I knew I had wisdom from God. I wasn't doubting. I got to this point where I was like, I just know I'm called to be here. That when trials came and when it was frustrating, I wasn't just floating around, like getting battered in the waves. I was like, I'm just supposed to be here. I eventually became like, you know, like those lighthouses that are just in the middle of like, the ocean just getting battered. When you know and you have confidence that God has spoken to you, you're like that. Waves are going to come, but you're like, this is frustrating and annoying, but like, I'm okay. When you don't know, when you're just doubting the truth and wisdom of God, when, when storms, you may be okay, like when the seas are okay, you may just, I'm okay. And then a storm comes and you're like, why am I here? What am I doing? What should I do with my life? This is too hard. And so he's saying, don't doubt, trust me. You know, like when you look at the Old Testament, there were some prophets who had a really tough life. And you're like, why would they put up with all this stuff? Well, because they knew God spoke to them and said, hey, go do this. You know what kept Jesus on the cross? He, had, he knew what he was called to do. I'm just supposed to do this. This sucks, but I'm supposed to stay here. So as we seek God's wisdom, we need to seek like, man, confidence that God has spoken to me. Number four, God's wisdom makes us humble. Look at, uh, now we're flipping into chapter three. Chapter 313, it says this. Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. And then in the verse 14, he says, do not boast, does not, do not boast and be false to the truth. Um, this is an interesting one. In, in chapter three, it's gonna get kind of counterintuitive, but humility makes you wise, okay? Humility, the more humble you are, the more able you will be to like make hard and good quality life decisions. Like, first of all, you can't even have a relationship with God without humility. Like, remember that the relationship with God starts like I'm a sinner and, and like I need a savior. So I have to humble myself and God saves me. But then as you walk with Jesus every single day, trying to make good decisions, humility will, will keep us safe and keep us making good decisions. When, when we're making decisions where it's, it talks about selfish ambition and like if, if all that's driving you and like what job should I have and who, where should I go is your own selfish ambition, you will make foolish decisions. But the more I'm like, okay, will this particular place and job or relationship, will this increase my humility? Am I growing in humility here? Or is this just going to like foster my pride? With this relationship, this person, does this person challenge me and my pride and my arrogance? Or do they just kind of like feed into it? Does this job like make just like, oh yeah, I'm awesome. Or does it just make me humble? If you're, if you're at a place where you're like, I'm not sure what decision to make, honestly, ask the question through this lens. Which one's going to like make me more humble? Which one's going to make me more like Jesus? Um, <laughs> I remember like the first week I was at Starbucks and I was just in the back washing dishes um, and I was just so bitter. Like I'm ashamed. It's like ridiculous to look back. I was just like, I cannot believe my college degree and I'm just washing dishes. And I was like, no one knows how awesome I am. And here I am washing dishes. And God was like, hey, that's exactly where you need to be right now. This is exactly the life choice, the life place you need to be. You need to be humbled. Uh, also, what most significant relationship, human relationship is my wife. And uh, I know she was the right one to marry because she doesn't let me get away with my nonsense, which is every day, all the time. She's just constantly like, stop doing that. You're like, you're being dumb. And I'm like, oh, I, that hurts, but okay, I am being dumb. Like when you're pursuing a spouse or someone to date, like, are they calling you out, like, to be a better person? So are they making you more humble? Or are they just like, oh, you're awesome, you're great, you don't need to change? Like, when you're trying to make a decision, which one is going to make you more humble? Number five, God's wisdom kills jealousy. Look at verses uh, 14 and 15. It says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Um, we... We know God's wisdom. Well, here's kind of how James puts it. There's wisdom from above, there's godly wisdom, and then there's wisdom from below. That's, that's earthly or even demonic wisdom. 
you can know I'm like just dwelling in earthly wisdom if you're like just in this place of jealousy, in this place of like, man, I'm honestly just better than others. If you're making decisions or if you're receiving wisdom, like, man, they really, they're treating you that way. You're better than that. Hey, you should go pursue this. Hey, you have the potential to do this. Do you know, that's, that's like earthly wisdom. God's like, don't listen to that. That's not my wisdom from you. My wisdom is able to make you happy for others. Like, I'm excited that their life is going well. I'm excited that they have those gifts. I'm excited things are going well for them. Like, that's the place to be in and make decisions. Jealousy will not lead to wise, good decisions. It won't lead to wise and good relationships. It's, it's not gonna lead to a good career. It's just practically not going to be beneficial. God's wisdom kills jealousy. Honestly, too, jealousy just makes you miserable and hate life. Like, it, it's just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be like this poison. It says, where there's jealousy, every vile practice will follow. So you guys have all been gifted by God and created by God to do unique things. Um, and we are all going to be struggling with jealousy. But, but listen, pursue uh, relationships and seek wisdom from people who, who, are, who are able to tap into like this selfless, like, man, praise God for them and their success. And, and I like live in that place. If, it's really, it feels good to be with people who are like, man, can you believe that? Can you believe them? We're better than them. Like that, it feels good, but you're gonna make poor wise or poor life decisions when you're living in that place. Number six, God's wisdom is pure. Look at uh, chapter three, verse 17. It says, the wisdom from above is first pure. Um, the opposite of that is being false to the truth. It says disorder, every vile practice. Um, when you're trying to make a good decision, know this. God's wisdom is not mixed. It's not like diluted. It's not like, okay, this is 90% good, but there's just like a little bit of bad over here, but like, that's fine. So when you're like trying to like, man, who should I date? You know what? Like, if they're pretty good, like, yeah, there's that. Like, it's not great. I know that's there. It's not great, but like, that's okay. God's wisdom is, is pure. God's wisdom is gonna always lead you towards purity, towards like a purity in how you live and think and act. God's wisdom is never going to lead you towards temptation. So here's one. Uh, The classic question that I asked and thought about all the time when I was dating my wife and that we think about is like, how far is too far in a romantic relationship, right? Listen, God's wisdom is pure. God's wisdom does not say, do you know what? You should get really close to sin, but just don't do it when you get there. That's not what God's wisdom says. He doesn't say, you know what, there's the line. As long as you don't cross it, you can like get as close as you want, but like you're not sinning. God's like, hey, go the other direction. God's wisdom is pure. He's not leading us to be like kind of mixed, but at least there's more good than bad or the ends justify the means or you know what, you can get really close to the line. God's wisdom is pure. So when we're making decisions, like let's say with relationships, let's, we have to ask these questions. Does that person walk with Jesus? Are they like pursuing Jesus with all their heart? It doesn't mean they're perfect. None of us are perfect, but are they pursuing Jesus? Does that person uh, challenge me to pursue more of Jesus, to pursue uh, purity in my decisions? Um, here's, here's a funny one. When I, at Starbucks, uh, I was so like, I'll do anything to get out of this. There was just, I lived in that for many days. And this guy came up to me one day and he was like, hey, man, uh, can I talk to you on your break? He was like in his 50s or something. I was like, okay. And he was like, hey, at the time I had really long hair. And he's like, I'm making this movie. And he's like, and you just would be perfect for my movie. And he's like, it'd be about $40,000 for about eight weeks of work. We'd fly you out, blah, blah, blah. I was making like $20,000 a year at Starbucks. He's like, just eight weeks, $40,000. And everything in me was like, yes, this is my ticket out of this misery. And I was like, okay. Um, and to be honest, our, the Holy Spirit was already like red flags, but I was like, okay, so tell me more. And he's like, oh, dude, it's going to be about like, you'll be like this drug lord down in Mexico and there'll just be all these girls and drugs. And he's just like trying to like sell it. And like inside, I was just crumbling like, dang it, God, like I know this is not right. But like, oh, this could have been relief for me. Like, that's an obvious one. But, but we face those types of little decisions every day. Like, do you know what? Oh, I know it's not perfect. I know it's not like, 
you know, exactly good, but like it's a, you know, like it'll provide some relief. God's saying, when I lead you, it will be towards purity. There's going to be many off-ramps on like the road of purity that are like, hey, this is a shortcut. It's a little bit easier. It's just a little compromise here, a little compromise there. That's not, that's not God's wisdom. When Satan tempts you, he doesn't say, hey, I want you, you want to come over here and ruin your life? He says, hey, just one little bite, like it's a fruit. Did God really say, don't eat from the tree? Did he really say that? Like every critical decision towards sin starts like that. Just one little, just one little, it's like, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just tiny little compromise. Did God really say that is the voice of Satan? God says, hey, I want to pursue you to be like my son, to be holy and pure. Number seven, God's wisdom makes peace. Uh, look at verse 17. It's first pure, then peaceable. Peaceable. So worldly wisdom, wisdom that is not from the Lord, is going gonna, is gonna to say things like, hey, it's okay if you have enemies. It's okay if you, if you gossip a little bit. It's okay to talk about people behind their back. It's gonna benefit you. You'll get further. You know, if you tell your boss, oh yeah, like they didn't really do that. Or if, if you, if, like, that, like, that's okay. A little bit of division, that's fine. I have my friends. James says, no, the, the wisdom from God, it makes and pursues peace. It like unifies people. It's gonna restore relationships. If someone's constantly just causing controversy and division and confusion, listen, they're not like operating in the wisdom of God. Like, don't go ask them, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this decision I should make? God's wisdom is always going to lead towards, like, it's going to make peace. So when you're facing a decision, another lens to look through is, like, is this going to be divisive? Is this, like, dividing relationships? Um, Or or how can I, like, pursue making things right again? The only exception to that, there will be times where Jesus says, hey, you need to follow me, and sometimes that's going to, like, that's going to split up a relationship. That's going to split up, like, you know, Let's say you're dating someone and all of a sudden you're like, man, this person just isn't leading me towards Jesus. There is a point where Jesus is like, hey, I come first and so I'm gonna gonna split that. He says, I came to bring a sword. There are times in maybe our families where that's gonna happen where like, I wanna follow Jesus and Jesus says, man, I came to divide father and mother, you know, husband and wife. There are times when, when because you wanna follow Jesus, it does bring some division in your family relationships or in your personal relationships. But that's because you're running after other things like purity and peace and Jesus. But in general, wisdom from God, it makes peace. Number eight, God's wisdom is gentle. Um, okay, this is one I'm so guilty of. I kind of pride myself in like have, being wise and knowing how to like give good advice. But here's what I'm prone to. I'm just prone to, if you've ever interacted with me, I'm, and we get to that level, I, I'm, I'm prone to just kind of like blast you. Like, dude, well, obvi- you know, this is obvious. Like, you're just being, you're being an idiot. Like, you're being an idiot. Obviously, it's that. Like, that's, that's my default mode. Um, and God says, that's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is not only just truth, it's gentle. It's like, I'm able to be tender and gentle with others. Doesn't matter how right you might be, how right and knowledgeable. If you're not gentle, you're not truly wise. Um, here's another aspect of gentleness in God's wisdom. Typically, the world's going to say, hey, you need to fight for your rights. You need to fight for money, more money. You need to fight to be seen, fight to be noticed. You need to fight and put yourself forward to be praised. Don't let yourself be taken advantage of. And, and God's saying, do you know what? That's not my wisdom. My wisdom, this word like gentleness has uh, like this sense of like, I'm willing in many ways to like, when I'm not treated well, it's the idea of like, turn the other cheek. Do you know what? I'm willing just to kind of take that. The wisdom from God says, do you know what? That is my right, but like, I'm okay if someone steps on my right. Do you know what? I probably do deserve a little more money in this situation, but I'm okay. I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm not gonna go fight for myself there. Do you know what? They just took my credit, but... I'm okay. I don't need to be praised. Like God knows. Um, it, it means kind of like this humble yielding. Um, I'm willing to kind of just be bent and stretched by other people. I'm going to be gentle. And so when it comes to life decisions, ask this question. Am I just trying to like assert myself and put myself, my glory, I should be seen, my talents? Or, or am, I, am I willing to like make decisions that 
will be more like Christ in humility and gentleness. James later says, humble yourself before the Lord and, and he will exalt you. Like, listen, you don't need to make life decisions that are for your glory. God says, make gentle, humble decisions and I'll raise you up in the right time. And it's far better to be exalted by God than to exalt yourself and then like be squished down. There's this one that says, if you're invited to a party, don't go like take the good seat, like take the worst seat and let the the host be like, hey, come sit by me rather than like go sit at the good seat. And he's like, "Uh, actually, could you move? That's this person's seat. Like God's saying, humble yourself, be gentle. Don't assert yourself. I'll raise you up in the right time. Number nine, God's wisdom is open to reason. That's verse 17, 317. It's this idea of like teachableness, openness. Um, This is a really, really crucial one for our life decisions. Uh, Proverbs says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So let me ask you, are, are you a wise person? Are you making good decisions? When's the last time you just admitted you were wrong? Like, yeah, that wasn't the right call. I shouldn't have done that. Um, are, you, are you willing to like seek advice and counsel from people, from your friends, or from, again, people older and wiser than you? Are you willing to adjust your plans and your decisions, even though you're like, this, this is clearly right, because someone else said, do you know what? I don't think that's the right call. Are you open to reason? Um, this one's a hard one for me, for whatever reason, many reasons. When I'm driving and I make a wrong turn or like we, we get out, like, you know, we're leaving somewhere and I go the opposite direction. Um, even if I'm going in the wrong direction, I'm determined not to turn around. I'm like, I'll find a way that in. And my wife is patiently just sitting there like, we're wasting like five minutes, 10 minutes. The other day we we're in Ventura, like just got like lost in this neighborhood because I literally didn't want to turn around. I was like, oh, we'll find it. And it was just like neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood. And inside I'm like, I'm an idiot, but like, I don't want to turn around. It's just ridiculous. I don't like being open. I don't like admitting that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fallible. Maybe I could have made the wrong turn. And, and so God's saying, are you doing that in life? Are, are others telling you, hey, I think you should go this way. I think you should stay in that job or leave that job. I think you should pursue that person or I think you should remove yourself from that relationship. Are you willing to like heed counsel and be open to reason? God says, you're, if, you, if you wanna be wise, you need to be open to reason. Number 10, God's wisdom is full of mercy. Um, this is an interesting one. Like if, if you can't extend mercy to others, by definition, like, you, you are not a wise person. And, and, and I wouldn't trust the decisions that you're making. Now, we all, be, because, like, we all stumble, right? Like, how foolish to be like, I can't believe that person. Look what they did. Because probably in, like, a week, you're going to do the same thing. And then you're just going to look like a fool. And God's saying, hey, be full of mercy. And as you're just being merciful to others, that like makes you this person who is able to make wise decisions. It's kind of like, it's kind of an interesting one. I was like, really? Mercy makes you wise? But God says, it's God, my wisdom is full of mercy. Number 11, God's wisdom is full of good fruits. Uh, full of, yeah, full of good fruits in, in verse 17. Um, here's the, the big idea here. God's wisdom, okay, hear, hear this lie from Satan. If you go God's way, like, it's going to suck and your life will be miserable. God says, if you trust me and seek my wisdom, your life will be full. Like, full of good fruits. You know what's cool about wisdom is it, like, proves itself. Like, you can more or less look at people's lives and just see their life and the fruit of their life and be like, that's a wise person, that's not a wise person. Simply on what their life looks like. A wise person's life is just going to be bountiful and full. Their relationships will be rich and, and, and a fool will, their life will not be full. Like ask yourself, who do I admire? What relationships do I admire? What people do I like, I look up to in that, like in my, my job or the kind of industry or area I want to, I want to look like Go find people who, who are doing a good job and are, their lives are full and seek wisdom from them. Because you know what's crazy? This makes, me, this makes me crazy. There are many like gurus out there who can like write a book 
and be an expert and have a PhD and their lives are full of bad fruit. Like, doesn't that make you kind of crazy? Like, oh, wow, this professor is so smart. And like, you know, their life and their relationships are not full and rich. And, and behind them is just this path of broken relationships. Listen, it's really tempting sometimes just because someone's smart or a guru or an expert or a counselor to be like, oh man, this person, like they know me, they know what to do. But look at their life. What's the fruit of their life? What's the fruit of their relationships? Um, we may be far more tempted to look at like, let's say famous people or well-known people, but you'll probably find much better wisdom from someone whose marriage is good or relationships are good and their life is full. Um, we as a generation are more educated, have more knowledge available than any other previous generation. But like, how's that working out for the world? You know, like, is the world better? Are relationships better? Have we like figured out war and figured out poverty and figured out like, have, like we haven't. We may be experts, but we're not truly wise. Uh, I'm gonna read you guys this quote from this professor, this Christian professor. And he was looking back on the greatest generation. You guys know about greatest generation they live like World War II. He's looking back and comparing his, our generation to them. And he says this, my grandparents were ignorant by our standards and my grandfather heard only, had only lowly jobs, but their home was spiritually rich because all things done in it found their origin in the Bible's commandments and their explanation in the, in, in the Bible stories. And their imagination uh, had they had their imaginative counterparts in the deeds of the myriad of exemplary heroes. My grandparents found reasons for the existence of their family and the fulfillment of their duties in serious writings, and they interpreted their special sufferings with respect to a great and ennobling past. I do not believe that my generation, my, my cousins who have been educated in the American way, all of whom are MDs or PhDs, have comparable learning. When they talk about heaven and earth, the relationships between men and women, parents and children, the human condition, I hear nothing but cliches, superficialities, the material of satire. So when you're trying to make a life decision, I just want to challenge us, find people whose life are full of good fruit and ask them, ask them about wisdom. Don't just go to someone who's necessarily like visible or the boss or, or like popular. Go, go find someone with a life full of good fruits. Three more. Number 12, God's wisdom is impartial. Okay, this is what this kind of idea is. God's wisdom, he says, don't make a decision simply based on what's popular. And here's even the more temptation. Don't make a decision based on who's more popular or who can get you further in life. Um, it can be really tempting for us to seek wisdom from popular people because they're popular. It means they, they know, like, they know what's going, like, they, they have it figured out. God says, be impartial. Don't go ask the popular people. Don't go ask the, like, necessarily people who the world values. Like, it's impartial. God's wisdom leads us to make good decisions regardless of popularity. Um, number 13, God's wisdom is sincere. So this one's, this idea here is like, there's no secret motives. Like, should I take that job? Should I take that relationship? Well, I, I really know there's this other motive here. God's like, be sincere, be sincere. And the last one is this, 14. God's wisdom, I'll, I'll admit this one wasn't from James, but this is important. God's wisdom is found in Jesus. In Colossians 2, 3, it says, Jesus in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you want to find wisdom, you should go look to Jesus. Now, that's going to be counterintuitive. Do you know why? Because God's wisdom is displayed in, in death and in weakness and in smallness. The ultimate wisdom of God is seen in a cross, in, in, in God who humbled himself to the point of dying, who made a way for sinners, us, to be forgiven and for sinners to be called righteous. Like, hey, the world's gonna say, that's ridiculous. That's foolish. That doesn't make any sense. But Jesus says, that's wisdom, to lay your life down, to humble yourself for others 
In 1 Corinthians 1, 18, it says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So when you're making life decisions, you should ask, man, is this like the cross? Like, or is this, is this like, no, save yourself, spare yourself? Is this career, is this relationship? Lead me to lay my life down for others. Jesus also shows us that strength comes through our weakness. You know, the world's like, hey, be strong. Figure out, like, develop yourself. Be, like, like be competent. And Jesus says, you know what? Actually, I want you to be weak because when you're weak, you get my strength. Jesus says, in your weakness right now, you can have strength when you come to him. Don't, like, try and get yourself strong. Bring your weakness to Jesus right now. That is wisdom. That is true strength. Like if you're stressed out like tomorrow or next week, the world's gonna be like, hey, it's okay. Here's these things to do. Jesus is like, do you know what? Just bring your weakness to me as you are, as this weak, needy person. And I will actually provide strength for you. He says to us, my grace is sufficient. You guys, I have to like testify. It's been a couple of crazy weeks. um, And I'm like, man, how am I gonna make it. And Jesus is like, you know what? Come to me in your weakness. Like literally, I want you to, that sleep you want, set that aside for a minute and come to be with me. And as I just like bring my weakness and my fears and my stress and how I'm overwhelmed to him, like God really supernaturally, like actually gives us strength. He's like, come to me in your weakness. And that, that is wisdom of the cross. One more, Jesus, is, Jesus shows us true greatness comes through ultimate humility. God, who had all the glory in the world, was like, I'm gonna lay my life down and become naked and spit on and crucified by my, the people I created. And that is where greatness is found. And Jesus is like, do you, wanna, do you wanna have a good, wise, great life? Do you know what it looks like? It looks like the cross. Like the world says, that's ridiculous. That's foolish. That's not actually success. The world says, gain as much as you can. And Jesus is like, yeah, but then you will lose your soul. Jesus is like, true greatness is humble yourself as much as you can in every life decision and relationship. And like every opportunity you get, humble yourself. Lay your life down. And, and that is true greatness. And when God humbled himself to the point of the cross, he was doing the greatest act that has ever been done on our planet. That is true greatness. Now, that's God's wisdom for us. Honestly, we're probably doing like you know, if we were to take a test, we probably aren't doing great. We maybe have a couple of them down. Other ones are like, man, that's hard. So I just want us right now to do this. I want us to bring ourselves before Jesus because Jesus is the only perfect one and the only wise one. We've, we've probably come up short in many of these areas. And the first thing we need to do is to come to Jesus in our weakness, in our failure, as we've been doing foolish things, going in foolish ways. Like my prayer is that the Holy Spirit has revealed a couple of like, yeah, that and that, like that's, that's not right. That needs to go together. Like let's come bring our failure and, and not walking in God's wisdom to Jesus. And, and God says this, he's like, I love you. You're my son and daughter. Come to me. I forgive you. I died for you. I've made you white as snow. Come humble yourself. Maybe, maybe some of us need to confess to just God or to like, we're gonna have a prayer team. Like, man, I've been, I've been walking foolishly in this area. And then let's remember the blood of Jesus that was shed for, for people who were unwise, who've tried to assert ourselves and go our own way and thought we were wiser than the ways of God. Let's, let's glory in the cross and then let's grow in wisdom. Like, let's be people who are like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask God for wisdom. And I believe it's available and I can know it. And I believe that I'm, I'm gonna pursue humility and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna repent of when I'm jealous and making decisions that are just trying to 
like assert myself. I, God, I repent of decisions that are impure and that are pursuing things that aren't right. I'm gonna pursue peace and gentleness. I wanna be open to reason and full of mercy and, and I want a rich life. But, but the thing we, we need to do right now is to come before our God who says, though your sins were like scarlet, I made you white as snow. Though you have failed, though you haven't been wise, as wise as you should be, come to me, my child. I love you. I, God is this, is this shepherd, and we are foolish sheep. And he's, right now, he's like, hey, come back. I, like, come back to me. Come be with me. Uh, this is funny, but whenever my dog does something dumb, and he knows he's done something dumb, he, like, cowers, right? Like, he, he like, does this face, or he'll like, like grovel on the ground and crawl up to me. I think we do that with God sometimes. Like, we just heard, dang it, I'm not doing great in walking in God's wisdom. And I think we think God wants us to like, just be so ashamed. Do you know what he's doing? He's like, hey, he's running to us like the father of the prodigal son. Like, my son, my daughter, I love you. And he puts his robe of love on us in the ring of, of like, you are mine. And I love you. So let's not be timid right now, like, dang it, God, I'm sorry for this. Like, he's like, I love you. I've forgiven you of all your foolishness. Come and be with me. Come and enjoy me. Come and receive my love. And then, like, together, we'll walk and we'll grow. And as you stay near to me, like, we'll, we'll get more wise. And I'll lead you in the paths that you need to go because I have a real plan for you. But the thing we need most is to stay near to our shepherd. That's the thing we need most. So right now, as we're gonna worship, let's draw near to our shepherd. We may like, like, dang it, I'm sorry, but what we need is to be near to Jesus. So as we worship, we're gonna have communion up here just to confess and remember what Jesus did on the cross. We're gonna have wise people who just wanna pray for you. I would love for us just to pray and confess our sins to one another. Uh, we're all in the same boat. Let's, let's do that and let's just pursue Jesus. Let's pursue our shepherd right now. Jesus, thank you that you are wise, that you are a good shepherd and your ways are right. And Lord, we're sorry for when uh, we just kind of wander off or we think we're smarter when we maybe assert ourselves or, or, or any one of the ways that we've been off in wisdom, Lord. Right now, we just, we, uh, we're sorry, God, for where we've fallen short, but I thank you that you are a good, wise shepherd and you love your sheep and you bring your sheep back to yourself. God, I, I long for us to be growing in wisdom and growing in truth. But more than anything else, Lord, right now, would we just come be with you, Jesus? Would we draw near to you? Would we receive your forgiveness and your love for where we've been off? Would we know that, that we are accepted because you died for us? That though our life, we're kind of like up and down and, and maybe we feel tossed, but, but you say, come to me. I'm your rock. I'm your refuge. I'm like that lighthouse, this safe tower, this safe place to run into. God, if some of us in our lives just feel like out of control or confusing or we don't know where to go, would we run into you right now, God? You are our refuge. Would we run and just tuck ourselves? Would we abide in your shadow right now? We trust that as we draw near to you, Lord, you're gonna restore us and encourage us. You're gonna lead us the way that we need to go. So now, God, would this time just be us drawing near to our God? Would we worship you? Would we confess our sin? God, we're just wandering sheep, and we really need a shepherd right now. So come and lead us in your ways, God.